Yeah, we want to speak about healthy relationships, actually. Even though if you're single or whatever status you are, here's a funny thing. You have a certain way of, of identity, right? For me, like I'm a red smiley. And often what happens, people say, ah, um, I find someone is totally different. No, that's not the case. You want to say, I find someone is very similar to me, but I have a red smiley and she has a blue smiley. And we are very attracted to the different smileys. Yes, Leo, you have to know your smiley is so bright and so shiny and with such a big smile. I really feel attracted to it. It's yes. right, in, it's right. In, in, in the beginning you see all the beautiful things. The hair is beautiful, even the shoes are awesome. The jeans are gigantic, the, the beautiful. Earrings Everything, are it doesn't matter because it's brand new, right? For nine months, you have you on this position, like, oh my gosh, oh la la, oh la la, oh la la. And there's an amazing quote I read, and I thought I want to start with an amazing deep quote from Dr. Robert J. Waldering from the Harvard. He said, Are you ready? Good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. It's a no brainer, right? <laughs> I felt like, okay, yeah, it's right. Is there anyone you think, yeah, he's right? He's yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. He might be right for the first six or nine months, but then all of a sudden, when I look at a smiley, I see something, Leo. What Here, do you see? Yeah, something is shining through your shirt. Don't talk about me. Here's a lot of things I don't get. What's, what's this? What is beneath? No, Have no, you no. seen? You this hide is my some, beautiful blue smile. You hide something from me. You see here? Oh my gosh, it's fake. No, but let's talk about you. What? I can see some black letters here. So let me show. Let me see what is there. It's maybe the six pack. What you see? Uh, yeah. Hopefully, but see. You mean? You well, mean? No, no. You mean? You mean the smiley? The smiley? No, the smiley shrink. But here. I can. It's only anger. a little bit. It's only a little bit anger. No, tardiness. Another bad word. What's about you? Come on. There's also. I have the big smiley. No, no, that's not. Look, check this out. Oh, I see something. I can't see anything. Jealousy, lack what? of self-esteem. That's that's no big. Way. That's huge. No way. But check out. They checked after nine months. The smiley is still there. Shrink the smiley. It gets smaller, right? And all of a sudden, after nine months, if your narration says, oh my gosh, beneath the big smiley is jealousy. How in the world? And then we are shocked that the opposite friends or people in the small group of pastors all of a sudden has changed. Now, the smiley shrinked a little bit, but still it's there. I think it's very healthy that you understand nobody is perfect, actually. That's why we have started a beautiful series uh, in the beginning of the year. We spoke about our faith, our relationship, our health, our resources, and also about our work. And I ask you the question that you elevate actually all those points. And we wrote a book about, about uh, the next step. And actually, there are six different uh, uh, levels of very, very strong relationship. And the book helps you actually for a small group or for micro church, whatever, just to evaluate actually all those areas. What I asked you last week, you give, for example, your faith, you give a number from zero to 10 and you ask the question, how was my faith 
the last year or now you ask yourself how is the relationship the last year where is the potential I asked my small group last Monday we gathered as a small group everyone took a piece of paper we wrote down a circle and here are four statements of my of my friends uh, how they evaluate actually their life at the moment it's very healthy to do that as a small group uh, and one guy you see he gave a lot of six fours and fives and I felt, is this the case because you're a Swiss guy, you're neutral? He said, no, 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 no. The reason is everyone in my small group like me, we took an eight or nine or 10. He said, if you give yourself a 10, you cannot grow anymore. You hit the potential. And he said, I gave me a four and a five. That means I have a lot of potential to grow because I don't want to limit God actually. And he said, this is what you preach all the time. I said, all right, you are a good listener. What I love about if you do this with your small group or alone at home, just evaluate your life in all the five areas and then you ask the Holy Spirit, in which area can I grow in this next couple of months? Pastor Simon, um, just let us speak a little bit about what happens if our relationships are unhealthy. There are healthy relationships, but also a lot of unhealthy uh, characteristics and just share with this with us. Yes, we want to shed light on unhealthy relationships in the area of dependency relationships. Of course, there are also unhealthy relationships. They are not in a dependency, but presenting, you can feel good in a dependency relationships. It's not like that, that you wake up in the morning and everything is evil or bad. The human heart longs for closeness, but not everywhere where you find this closeness, it's in truth and in freedom. Because our heart is deceitful. First characteristics. You can't think of anything else. A strong indicator that you live in an unhealthy uh, dependency relationships is when this other person is very much in your thoughts. Very much in your Mind, and if you have to do a decision, you think, Oh, what is the other person thinking, and what does it mean for our relationship? Another clear expression of dependency relationship is the sentence, I can't live without it. Whether you are an addict or a, 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 a dependent person, it's clearly seen in this sentence, I can't live without it. Can you live without that other person's? Yes, you can. Can you live without a person? Yes, you can. You are not dependent on any person. Third characteristics of a dependency relationship, it goes around in circles. Two people are always together and no one is allowed to join. Can also be in a marriage. Yes, it can also be in a marriage. And I feel quite threatened if you bring another friend. Let's just be you and me in our misery. All right? <laughs> oh, there is a reaction. Thank you very much. Now I got you. In healthy relationship, there is, there is, there is energy. There is, um, you set the other person free. In unhealthy relationship, takes up a lot of energy from both. You know this guy, he's very in a good mood. And there is this girl, she's also in a good mood. They meet each other. 
they get into a relationship and then everything went downhill from there. You know these guys? And maybe they get married and uh, you think, oh my God, it's not going well. And you try to say something eh, as a friend from you and me before you were in a better mood. And he says, I dare you to criticize my relationship. Hey, we love each other. And I think, yeah, maybe you love each other, but it's pretty unhealthy. A dependent relationship hinders growth. Oh, uh, wait for a minute. So, hinders growth. And I want to say something about uh, parents. We see that, that a lot of parents are just not able to kicking their adult kids out of their nest and they hinder their adult kids to grow in their full potential. And I want to say to you, if you are a parent and you have... You just have a hard time. You kick your son and your daughter, but she's an adult already out of the nest. Do it. Let her go. Let her go. She can fly. Let her do. Let him do his own laundry. And if, if he's sitting, if he's sitting, if, if you are an adult and you're just sitting in Hotel Mama, grow up. Get a life. Grow up. Do your own laundry. Grow into your potential. Sorry if I'm, I'm a little bit harsh, but I see so many guys that just think, hey, grow up, man. Do your own laundry. Clean up. Ah, oh, Hindus gross. There we go. You got it? All right. To make it short, crosses boundaries. We could talk a lot about that. Leads into sin. We could talk about hours about that. And requires separations. Just one sentence there. If you are in a dependency relationship, it needs a, substan a substantial breakup. Not just, oh, let's not just text for one week. All right? It, it's really not enough. And whether you can find each other again depends on how much crap went down. And now, listen. In the end, when you are in a dependency relationship, that means that you make a person to your God. And that's so hard, but that's so true. That slowly but surely a person becomes your main source. So thank you so much. Let's give Simon a, round, a big round of applause. Thank you so much. Um, working very hard. If it's English as well, I remember two years ago now. I'm so amazing. I mean, I know I was... I, I was, I was, yeah, really, he worked very hard for his English. He was, I mean, I know my own story. <laughs> hey, we want to we wanna talk now about healthy relationships, but it's often very important that we look into a mirror and we are really honest with each other. I know I asked uh, our online community last week, what is the biggest issue? They said the biggest issue of these five is uh, faith, actually, and then comes relationships and not health and not resources and also not work. And my point number one is love yourself and break your bad habits. Everyone will say, if you're not able to love yourself, you cannot love somebody else. How in the world can you love with somebody else if you don't love yourself? Can you imagine, no one is perfect, right? For example, if you're looking for a perfect church, there is no such thing as a perfect church. Because the moment you walk in and you're not perfect, you mess the whole church. It's you. And the same thing is, I have some issues in my life, I know that. 
and I'm not perfect. I have some issues in my life. And I think if I have a partner, that partner make me happy. That partner make fulfill everything what I'm lacking. Then you meet a person and that person also has some issues. It's not perfect. That means two not perfect people, they want to have a perfect relationship. It doesn't make sense. And they're fighting and struggling. And then two not perfect people come to the idea, let's make a baby. I mean, you had already problems and now the problem's getting bigger. And then you have a baby and then say, oh my gosh, I cannot sleep anymore. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm per the kid sucks as well. And then you say, let's make a second baby. And also you get to have a big family and then say, oh, not enough. Let's buy a dog. I don't get it. I don't get it. You can shoot yourself. I mean, it doesn't make sense. My point is no one is perfect. And that's my point number one. You have to love yourself the way God has formed and shaped and created you. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 14, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you cannot love the neighbor if you don't love yourself. That's a very, very point number one. People often, they want to change the partner, right? If I could change my partner, if God will give me the ability, oh my gosh, I have some ideas. Do you know what is the point number one when people want to change their partner? I read it and I was shocked. They start with the hair. They don't like the hairstyle. That's the third thing you want to change by your partner. Really? I don't like your mustache or I don't, I don't like your long hair. Really, it's true. The first thing, you change the hair. And then after you change the hair, then you say, okay, now let's change the whole character because it sucks well as well. And if you're going into that area you want to lose everything because in leadership you learn the very first important thing when you lead a team or if you're running a company the third thing when you want to change a company change yourself the only person that can change so easily it's myself I and myself and I three persons in one I can change myself first I can change my own life check this out I mean in the beginning when we have a restored relationship we do nothing wrong but we hide a lot of stories. We hide a lot of actually things in our lives, right? We don't do this by purpose. We just want to be cool. But after nine months, all of a sudden, all those things are, you can see it. For myself, I'm anger. I remember three years ago when we want to change our structure in our church to agile leadership. It's not a top-down leadership anymore. It's more like an engaging leadership. And I have sometimes anger issues. And I know so many times I went to the cross and I believe, I do really believe that the cross is a power. God changed my, my minus into a plus. God is a master. That cross is life changing. Forgiveness takes place. Healing takes place. Hope takes place. Everything takes place in the cross. I remember how many times I said, God, check this out. All my anger and everything what I have, I need healing. I need forgiveness. And I came to the cross and I laid down all those things. Then I walked back and he go, go again and nothing has changed. Is anyone, you, you know what I'm talking about? How many times I walked to the cross? How many times I came back from the cross and nothing has changed? And I heard a very, very simple illustration many, many years ago. It was a, a life changer, actually, a game changer, actually, in my journey with God. Now I understood, I come with my issues to the cross. And on the cross, I hand over all my old life. 
And now the pastor said, do you have to go through the cross? Through the cross to bring your issues like the anger. Now we're going through the cross. I receive the new Leo. I receive the new identity. When I walk to the cross, I receive the cross, the blood of Jesus and everything. I'm coming out from the cross as a new human being in Christ. He said, you have to learn to say, I am new. I am forgiven. I am healed. I am healthy. I am strong. I am happy. I am rich. God is with me. God has never lost the war. God has never lost the war. Not one war. It doesn't matter if a Goliath stands in front of me. A mountain, whatever it is. I am a son and a daughter of the most high God. I proclaim it. And I'm not angry anymore. I'm not angry anymore. It's not my identity. It's not my identity. Now you say, yeah, Pastor Leo, that's very cool. You go to the cross, you ask for forgiveness. And what happens after three weeks, you're still angry. Good question. Same thing if you receive the new identity and if you struggle and fall down, you will never say to a person, oh, sorry, you fall down. Stay there. You will say, get up on your knees. Put the new crown straight and proclaim and say, that's not me. That's my old life. I brought it to the cross and received the new blessing of Jesus Christ. And that's not a part of my life anymore. Even though if I struggle every week, I get up. It's not me. It's the old flesh. It's the old Adam. But I got my new identity. And you do this for so long until the spirit and the soul and body speaks the same language. That's why we proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our life. You know, um, there's amygdala. A lot of uh, doctors, they figured out that amygdala in our brain has the same thing. When you write wrong things in your life, your brain will say, I'm a loser. I'm a wimp. Whatever. And after so many years, the magalicta is like, it's, it's like a brain. It will say, yeah, that's, that's you. But you can rewrite the amygdala. You can rewrite your brain. It's the same thing what God is saying 2,000 years already. When we read the Bible, God says, the old Adam, it's gone. You're going to the cross. If I fall down, I get up and I'll proclaim, I'm a son of God. And God is with me and God has never lost a war. Do you understand? And after three years, I remember I proclaimed that I fall sometime. But now, after three years, anger, and I have a lot of close friends that can say, it's not a part of my life anymore. I'm a soft-hearted leader now because the cross has changed me forever. Come on, yes. That's right. Let's write it down here. So, uh, Pastor Simon, um, you had also some struggles uh, in terms of relationships. And just share your story. I, I love that preaching, Leo, because we are not only just preaching, we just share our stories, how we go through the cross, how we, how we do amygdala, you know. And I talked about dependency relationships, and I want to tell you my story. And in fact, in the relationship with Leo, with our Leo, I discovered some unhealthy relation dependencies. But briefly from the beginning, many of you know the story that Leo discovered me as a young musician over 22 years ago. Who knows that story? Who know, heard about that? Yes, you have to know that story because he gave me a chance. He was the first who saw my potential. 
I came here to ICF and he, I, could, I could do my mistakes and he believed in me. And I'm so thankful for that op opportunity. I will be forever thankful, Leo. Thank you very much for that. But over these years, a close relationship developed. And you, a friendship, and you have to know, Leo is not only my friend, he's also my boss. And ICF is my employer. You see, he discovered me. You see, relationship-wise, ooh, it's pretty difficult. But I have noticed that the opinion, that, that uh, Leo's opinion is very important to me. And I, I just, it became just too important. When I had a big decision in front of me, I was just thinking all the time, what Leo is thinking about that decision and what he would do and what does it mean for our relationship? Like I said before, that was me before. You know, and it, as a, I, I'm, a, I'm developing into a free-thinking man and also in my desire to become a real opposite, this bias started to really stress me. And I felt that Jesus was calling me, Simon, do something, do your steps. Jesus is calling us to freedom and not into de dependency, right? Amen? Amen. So I took a step. A few years ago, we went with the core team, with our ladies. We went into a retreat, and there I share what I felt, very brutally honest. We were sitting on a meadow, and I just shared it, that I think I, 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 there are so strings attached because our history, and, and it took me a lot of courage, actually. But just to speak it out, it was so strong, so powerful. And then we prayed together, and I saw a picture with strings attached from my back, and we could cut it. I could cut it in the name of Jesus. Another strong moment. And then I, I, I went into a process for years. Oh, it's through the cross, came back, amygdala, I, I, I fall, but I, I tried it again. I went, I, I took some distance for a while. I went out of the small group of Leo, and that was hard for me. But I just thought, I need to, I need to grow up. I need to be, become independent. So now, it's such a testimony for me. We are much deeper, honest friends than we were a few years ago. The relationship has been able to continue to grow healthily. When the independence patterns, sometimes, when the independence patterns comes back, I see through it immediately and it's exposed and I am allowed to respond freely accordingly. As a core team, we have a common denominator. We love the church. We love Jesus. We love our families. We have strong families and we encourage each other to really build strong families and we love adventure. This is what we stand for together. This is what connects us, but we are independent as persons, independently free, no codependency, no submissiveness, but togetherness. That's it. Thank you, Susanne. Come on. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. I remember uh, that day, that moment was not so funny for me. Said, oh, thank you so much for, for trusting me, building me up. 
encouraging me, but now I think there's, there's an unhealthy uh, things between us and me, and, and I felt, yeah, that's not my problem, it's your problem. That's the point. Uh, often it's not your problem, maybe only you released the problem in the person. We want to talk in the end, actually, how you can build up a divine a friendship culture, because friendship is a culture. You can define your own culture, and we wrote down four culture points for us, and maybe you can do it differently, but it's important that you think about it. What is your friendship culture in your life? Yeah, and the first one is be an encourager. There are compliments upon critic, and the measurement is five compliments versus one critic. That's pretty a lot compliments versus one, one critic. But um, in order to do that, in order to give compliments to Leo, I have to love myself, as you mentioned before, because so often I figure out that I'm my worst friend. Sometimes I figure out that I'm the one who, who um, let me leave alone. I think we will go jogging and then find myself watching TV instead of going to jog and, and fulfill my promise. Or on the other hand, um, I made so many plans for the new year and some new ideas, new diets, and after two weeks, I already changed again. Maybe you find yourself doing the same. We are the worst friend to ourselves, not trustworthy towards ourselves. And that's why we start to criticize ourselves with the inner voices that say, you will never make it. You just let me down again. You, you are not a good person and so on and so on. But why don't we stop right there? and ask ourselves, okay, this was a negative voice. This was one critic, but why don't we come up with five positive things about us, honest things, and because of that, we feel like we can change. We feel that we are not only bad, but God lives in us, and that's why He brings forth good things. And because we train ourselves to think positively about ourselves and see the things that, that um that, that we can give honor to and that we can praise, it's much easier to give compliments to our partner and to our husband. I remember this year, this weekend, we had a conversation with some, some guests there, and I was a little bit uh, very uh, straight to my wife. And then she said in the middle of the conversation in front of everyone, now it's enough. Now give me three compliments. In front of... And I felt like... Oh, three? Okay. And that's the point. She said, this is our culture. Sorry, Leo, this is our culture. <laughs> that's, you have to build up culture. The point number two is listening closely instead of justifying. Be a good listener. That's actually my struggle in my life because I don't like to listen. I like to talk. And I remember because I'm also, God has given me gifts. I'm a prophet. Before you even start talking, I know the answer. And I even know the solution. Sorry, that's my gift. <laughs> no, I really have to learn. That's my learning. I have to learn. I'm a listener. And often when it feels boring, somebody tells an amazing long story. I say, okay, Leo, count on three. One, two, three. <laughs> Whatever speed is. But I have to learn because in the conversation, there's always a nugget. For example, if your wife is saying, why are you always coming home so late? It's not she's angry, she wants to say, I want to I have time with you. There is a message in the message, and often I don't understand. 
And the third one is be a fulfiller. That means fulfill the wishes of your partner instead of blocking it. I don't know about this sentence in, in, in English, but in German, this sentence does something to me because I feel offended already only with that sentence. But I have to remind myself, okay, these are not demands. These are not uh, manipulative uh, sentences. This is just fulfilling wishes. And I reminded myself, or maybe it was God that reminded me, that's why we married in a church and ask for God's blessing. So I have a covenant partner next to me, which is God. And whenever he, he asked me to fulfill some wishes or he mentions some wishes, just mentions them, it triggers something and I say, I cannot. I cannot, this is my reaction. But then I remind myself that I have God as a covenant partner next to me and I ask God for help and I say, look God, I cannot do that, but show me how I can with the help of you. And that makes me strong and I'm so happy that we don't have to do it alone. But behind fulfilling the wishes, behind to be a fulfiller, it's an attitude of serving the other one. There's a difference between wishes and expectations. We have a lot of expectation. If you love me, then you cook tonight. Wish is a, I would love if you cook for me tonight. We'll say, no problem, let's go to McDonald's. We have to learn, say your wishes. I said to my wife, for example, when I travel long distance flights, I said to my wife, I would love if you join me. I don't want to travel so long alone. It's not an expectation, it's a wish, it's a desire. And if she loves me, she does everything in her power to fulfill it, even though if you don't like it. That's the point, I don't like all her wishes. No, 80% I hate. It's, but I made a decision, she's my queen. I made a decision, I serve you. I honor you, I make you better, that's the point. If all the wishes will be easy for me, it's no problem. But I serve you and I do everything in my power. In closing, I choose the other persons and their value. Why is value so important? The Bible says if you believe in God, it doesn't make sense to have a relationship with someone who doesn't believe in God. You heard that story many times. You think, oh, Christians are good people. People that don't know believe in God, they are rubbish. No, this is not what the Bible is saying. And everyone, if you're going to a therapy, they will say to you, you should share the same values. Even though if you don't believe in God, all the people that don't believe in God, they need the same values. If you don't have the same values, you will not stick together in the long run. And that's the point, share the same values. If you love, I said, me and my house, even before I was married, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I asked my wife, are you willing to serve the house? She said yes and said, then you cannot be my partner. If no, I will say, God bless you. There's somebody else who doesn't want to build a house. These values in the right in the beginning. I want to close. Why is a commitment important? If you feel in a relationship, you want to betray me or you're not sure, it's the same thing like a sheep. Did you, do you know that a sheep will never lay down on a, on a, on a beautiful grass? Never. Because a sheep knows there's a bear and a lion and a snake. And a sheep knows it's too weak. And a sheep only will lay down if the sheep knows the shepherd protects me and the shepherd will not sleep and the shepherd will take care. If a sheep feels that, a sheep will lay down and sleep. 
If a sheep doesn't have that feeling, a sheep will never sleep. And that's the reason why a sheep gets so tired and the sheep will die. And you need the security. You need the commitment. I stick in good seasons and in bad seasons. In good seasons, it's easy, but also in bad seasons. Every one of us go, going through the bad seasons. It can be six months, it can be a year. And then he will say, okay, that's the last year. If the next year you're not doing better, I leave. In good and in bad days, and we need the commitment. And commitment in our generation is so low. And God made that commitment. He gave his best son he had was Jesus Christ. And that commitment stays forever. That makes me so relaxed. That's why we talk about the grace. We only can talk about grace because God made a decision. And He will be always there. He never leaves us from forsaking us. He's always there. And I know when we speak about relationship, and that's why I love to pray with you. It's a huge topic, actually. Often we have no clue where, we, where shall we start and where shall we end. But in that topic, we have God. You never walk alone. You, you are not your story. I remember many years ago, I said, I'm not my dad. I honor my parents, honoring your father, mom, so that you will have a long life. But my, my father was an alcoholic addicted guy. And I will never say, oh, I'm like my dad. I had the same name like my dad. My name's dad was Leo, and I'm Leo too. And I said, I'm not my dad. This is not my story. My family, me and my family, we will not be addicted. We will not take that curse. You can change your story. You are not because of your mom, your dad, the place where you grow up. You have the power to change it from now on, me and my house. We have new values and God is with me and I change my history. And this is when we pray together. This is what we're going to do together. Can we stand up live on the balcony wherever you are? And let's close our eyes in prayer and let's change our history. Let's change our path. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you gave your precious son in order to make us free, free to serve each other, free to just be a wish fulfiller instead of wish blocker. And Lord Jesus, here I stand and maybe you feel the same as you listen or watching us right now. You feel the same that um, you find it hard to fulfill wishes because it triggers something in you. And Lord Jesus, here I am. And I hang that, what is triggering me, I hang it on the cross. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I can invite you in this specific part of my life as a covenant partner and remind myself that you are my blessing aside of me and that you help me to be a wish fulfiller, to be a servant partner for, for my opposite, for for my partner, for my family, for whatever, without being um, misused and abused in that area. You are the one who protects me and you are the one who makes me wise. And I yes. don't have to make a wall to build a wall in order to be protected. But I say yes. today, you are my protection and you are my wisdom and you give me the strength to go steps further into the, the wish fulfiller personality type. And now we wanna pray together for the cross. No one is perfect. Everyone has maybe something what you carry or something what you have experienced in your past, maybe 
from different relationships, maybe from your parents, whatever you brought in tonight here. We will not only go to the cross, we want to go through the cross tonight together. And I believe right now, when we pray to the God Almighty, a change takes place in your soul and your spirit and in your body. And God, we come to you right now with all my challenges, with all my habits and all my addictions, with everything what I've been falling short, I lay it down on your cross. I'm not angry. I'm not addicted. I'm not jealous. I lay this right now down on the cross. And I go through the cross. I step into a new freedom. My old life is gone. My old Adam is on the cross. I am a child of the Most High God. I am set free. I am healed right now. I am joyful. I am peaceful. I am faithful. You can trust me. You can rely on me. I have a strong heart and have a good heart. I'm loyal. Speak this out for a moment. Over your life, I am healed. I am forgiven. I am set free. The joy of the Lord is my strength. With God's power, I can jump over every epsilon. I belong to the winning team. My God has never lost a war. My God is a winner. And I belong to the winning team. Woo! Come on, speak it out. To receive unity. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye